What up? Thank you so much for lending me your ears, your heart, and your mind. This is the True North Podcast. Don't hold the word to yourself. So tonight we are going to, we have a lot of scripture, a lot of scripture, but it's okay if you're taking notes. That's awesome. If you're not, you may want to. Not going to pressure you, but you may want to. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3, the New Living Translation, NLT, not the BLT, but NLT. New Living Translation, Genesis chapter 3, while you're turning there. Um, so just to give you some background, if you've never read this before, if you've never heard of Adam and Eve, uh, but obviously God created the first man and woman name was Adam and Eve. And what is happening in this story is uh, God gave Adam and Eve one job not to do. All right. We've all been to that restaurant where you just want to tell the person, listen, you have one job. I just keep pouring water in my cup. You have one job. All right, so in the story, they had one job not to do. Like, do everything but this. Like, uh, just don't touch this. Don't even look at it. Don't do it. And guess what? They did it. Has anybody, has your parents ever told you not to do something you did it anyway? Yeah. yeah. Was that recent for some of y'all? Wow. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she went there. But see, that's the best thing about youth. You know, you can, you can do that. You're supposed to be honest. You're supposed to be hot up in here. Humble, open, and transparent. What? Not this Wednesday. Hey. Not this Wednesday. All right. It's cool. Genesis 3, uh, I think I'm going to be in verse 1, 1 through 7. Genesis 3, verse 1 through 7. So obviously Adam and Eve, they have disobeyed God. They did the one job God asked them not to do. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit. From- it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, You must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Verse 4, You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse five, the woman was convinced, or excuse me, verse six, the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At verse seven, at that moment, they were woke. Their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves up. Let me run it back to verse six. Look at verse six. All right, we... You got to get this. Watch this. The woman was convinced. Watch this. She saw that the tree was beautiful. She saw it was beautiful. What's crazy is, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. But Eve never saw that the thing God didn't want for her life as beautiful and attractive until somebody else got in her ear and convinced her. Oh, come on. Preach that. Until then, God's word was enough. Mm -hmm. But the moment that somebody else got in her ear, that's when she's like, well, you know, 
That's when she started to question God. So just because people are created by God doesn't mean they're always going to act like God. Yeah. Mm. Can I run that back? Yeah. Just because people are created by God, just because you sit with them and you just because y'all pray together, just because or watch this, just because you grew up together doesn't mean that they're always going to have your best interests at heart. Sometimes people are going to set you up. Whether it's good or bad. I ain't looking at nobody. This is for me, too. Sometimes people will set you up. Some look at the person beside you say, are you ready for this? So tonight we're talking about wedding vows. Now, vows defined as a solemn promise, a very holy, specific promise. If you say, you know, it's not enough to say I'm going to be your best friend forever. But if you say I vow to be your ride or die, like, I mean, like, it's for real. Like you are making that promise. So turn in your Bible to Romans chapter five. <clears throat> Romans chapter five, verses 12 through 14, still in the NLT. Verse 12, Paul says, now, before I even tell you this, remember we talked about how Adam and Eve, once they disobey God, they sin. So Paul's talking about that here. Verse 12, he says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, a.k.a. the Ten Commandments. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Verse 14, still everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey. And it split commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam, watch this, is a symbol of a representation of Christ who was yet to come. So Paul is saying that um, I don't know if you uh, does anybody have any siblings in here? Is anybody like, yeah, do we have any like only like, yeah, we have. All right. It's OK. It's OK. So. Uh, if you are an only child, you probably have heard this rule. But a lot of times, what happens to the firstborn sets the temperature for the whole house. Sets the temperature for the whole house. So, like, if you are the youngest of your siblings, you kind of understand this. Let me give you an example. We have two kids, obviously, Kellen and Keenan. And Kellen was the first. We were just winging it uh, with Keenan. I feel like we have a little bit more structure. We, we know what we're doing. And, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, Keenan is a whole... Uh, he's a man child, okay? Have you ever seen him? Keenan is a man child. And, um, but anyways, like the mistakes that we made with Kellen, we're using that as a template of what not to do with Keenan. So literally the firstborn, whatever happened with the firstborn, most times sets the temperature for the whole house. And that's what happened with Adam and us. Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, firstborn, and guess what? It set the temperature for everybody else that came after Not only were they cursed, but everybody else that came after them was cursed. And that's what Paul is talking about in Romans 5, verses 12 through 14. So, everybody still taking notes? Awesome. So, but God did not give up even though he cursed, even though everybody else was cursed. So what God did, he came up with a covenant. Now, covenant is just a contractual agreement. All right. God decided, okay, if this ain't going to work with Adam, I am going to make a contract with man. The first one is found in Genesis 9-11. We ain't turning that. I'm just giving it to you. It's found in Genesis 9-11. It's the, it's the covenant he made with Noah. But guess what? Because we are human, we could not keep up with that. So he made another one. He gave us another chance. He made an agreement with Abraham found in Genesis chapter 12. But mankind could not keep up its end of the bargain. So then God did it again. He made another one, the most famous one, the Mosaic Covenant, a.k.a. the Ten Commandments, found in Exodus 19, 5 and 6. But 
because we are human, we could not keep up with that. Next, he made another covenant called the Davidic covenant, found in 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 17. But once again, we could not keep up with that. So here's the thing about covenants. Here's the thing about contracts. Here's the thing about agreements. We all understand covenant is a contractual agreement. A covenant cannot be put into play without the shedding of blood. See, bloodshed is the down payment on a covenant. Bloodshed is the down payment on a contract, on an eternal contract. If you ever take out a loan years from now, you have to put a down payment most time. For God, they required a down payment. And in Hebrews chapter 8, if you turn there, the down payment was bloodshed in Hebrews chapter 8. But here's the thing. What the people in the Old Testament, they would shed blood. They would sacrifice bulls and goats and lamb under divine Instruction. But the problem with that is it wasn't enough to cover what Adam did. It wasn't enough to cover. In fact, the Bible refers to it as sweeping the sweeping the dirt underneath the rug. The dirt's still there. You just put a rug underneath it and, and made it uh, blind to the naked eye. But it's still there. The problem still exists. And when you lift the rug, guess what? All the dirt goes all over the floor, goes all over the house. And what's cool about Hebrews chapter 8, is everybody there? Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, New Living Translation. Uh, Verse 10 says this, But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Last one. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and will soon disappear. I love verse 13 because literally the author is saying, when God speaks, it is done. Somebody say, it is done. God's not, God's not like me. He's not like you. He's not one of those that says, ah, maybe. No, when God speaks, it's yes. And amen. So check this out. If God tells you he loves you, is it a maybe or is it a yes and amen? Yes. Amen. Mm. amen. If he tells you that you are somebody, it's not a maybe. No. Let that, let, yeah. It's not a maybe. Oh my God. Like I'm leaping on the inside. It's cool. I ain't, you ain't got to jump. But like, that's something. It's not a maybe. Appreciate that. It is a yes and amen. So see, God's purpose for covenant is one thing, and that is so we could be one with him. Because, see, a marriage is a covenant. And we said earlier in Hebrews chapter 8 that without blood being shed, the covenant cannot go into, uh, it's not official. And that's why those that went with the sorority fest, that's why Perry Stone even said it. He said that's why you have to be careful who you get into a relationship with. Because if you have sex before marriage, guess what? There's something that happens. Blood is shed. And there's a covenant that is made. And if you're not willing to be with them for the rest of your life, guess what? You've made a covenant with somebody that has no purpose in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! I, w- I told Kelsey on the way here, I said, I wish my mom and dad would have been that honest with me. Instead of just saying, hey, don't do this because you could, give, you could make us grandparents. But if they would have said, Lindsay, don't do it because what happens is you will give pieces of your heart. Could you imagine opening up your chest and, and taking a knife and cutting pieces of your heart and giving it out to people? Nobody would do that. Would you do that? You No. We wouldn't do that, would we? Everybody say no. no. 
No, no. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Then why would we get in a relationship with somebody that has no interest about our eternal purpose? Why would we why would we link up with friends that have no interest in our eternal purpose? See, God's purpose for giving us a covenant is so he could be one with us. So he could be one with us. So a covenant is the same thing as a marriage. And in this covenant, verse 10, God promises us this. He promises throughout verse 10 through 13. But there's one promise I want to highlight. In verse 10, God said, I will be their God and they will be my people. I love that. Because guess what? Me and my boy Stephen, we ain't boys no more. Nothing, nothing bad, just life happens. The friends that you're friends with now, 20 years from now, may not be your best friend, may not be somebody you even talk to. Why? Because life happens. But God, in that vow, somebody say, he made a vow to me. In that vow, he is saying, I will be with you no matter what. Forever. He's saying, I will be their God and they will be my people. He's saying, I will be theirs. They will be mine. I will be with them. In Romans chapter 8, verse 39, he even says that nothing can separate you from his love. No height, no depth, no width, nothing, nothing. So therefore, nothing can separate you from the logic behind how he wants to be with you forever. And guess what? It's not just like uh, the wedding vows that we see in movies or we hear about people making on TV or whatever it is. God put action behind it. In fact, he didn't just say, I will be with them forever. He said, "Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go shed the blood of my son. Because, see, what we celebrate this whole Easter story, it's not a funeral, but guess what? We ce- what we celebrate Friday is actually a wedding. Mm. It's actually a wedding. You know why? Because he, wants, he wanted to be with you so much that he realized, okay, one, I've made a covenant with mankind over and over and over again. And you know the reason that it failed every time? Was because the contracts that God had made with man was dependent upon man's doing. And guess what? Last time I checked, you can't, we, we can't come close to God. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He is full sovereignty. That shirt is too big for any of us to wear. You can't come close to God. The standard that he has, you cannot do on your own. So therefore, he realized that. And he said, you know what? Okay, if I want to be with him so much, I'm going to have to shed my blood. And he did. He sent his son Jesus to a cross. And what's so awesome about that is, guess what? He did it for everybody. It doesn't matter if we receive it or not. Still, it is available. Has anybody ever given you a gift before? Has anybody ever given you a gift that you didn't want and you felt guilty to take it? Hashtag bacon wallet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has anybody ever re-gifted a gift before? Yeah. No. No, you haven't? Buddy, wait till you get married. Wait till you get married, man. <laughs> you're going you to be re-gifted all day. So the reason I call this message wedding vows is because this. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, you now are one with him. You're one with him. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 2, he says that we... Who follow Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. Meaning we belong to him. We are with him. He is with us. Because we have accepted his vow. 
Now watch this. If we're the bride of Christ, you know what that means? We're supposed to act like the bride of Christ. Now, uh, now let me break it down for you. Kelsey is my bride. Now forevermore. But she, the, the, that, that title is up to her. It's not up to me. It's up to her. It's up to her if she wants to be. If she don't want to be, then she could get distracted and go find somebody else. And, Lindsay, why would you say those choice words? Because, well, in verse 3 of chapter 11, Paul says, You are the bride of Christ. Do not be distracted as Eve was. Now, it's crazy. Why would he bring Eve back into this? Eve was back in Genesis. We've already read about Jesus dying, going to heaven, dying for our sins, all that. Now we're talking about in the New Testament, the Bible, the way the Bible is laid out. you got Genesis, the Gospels, then the rest of the New Testament. Now we're in the last part of the New Testament. And Paul is saying, you are the bride of Christ. Don't be distracted and lose your brideship like Eve. So what he's saying is, Eve was a bride of Christ. Because in Romans chapter 5, what we read, Adam was a type of Christ. Well, Lindsay, what does all this have to do with me? Guess what? God is with you forever. You're one with him. But do you act like it? Do the conversations you have, do they they sound like somebody that's one with God? Do the thoughts that you have, do the movies you watch, do the music you listen to, does it sound like somebody who's one with God? Because see, when, when Kelsey's with me, you know she's with me, but the big test is when she's not with me, when we're not in the same room, does she, can you look at her and be like, oh yeah, she's married to Lindsay. Does she kind of sound like Lindsay? Has Lindsay rubbed off on her? Has Lindsay affected her in any uh, shape, form, or fashion? Does she talk about him? Does she think about him? And those things will be a yes. Why? Because she's the bride of me. She hangs with me. And when she hangs with me, I rub off on her. I affect her. So when you, as the bride of Christ, when you, when you hang with God, when you spend time with God, as you leave his presence, do you sound like him? Do you bully people or do you defend people? Do you, do, you, do you watch things that are going to uplift you or do you watch things that are going to bring more depression and more anxiety in your life? When you look in the mirror, do you see somebody that God's created or do you see somebody that you do not want to see ever again? See, that's what happens at, when you take ownership as the bride of Christ. You realize he is mine and I'm his. No matter what friend leaves me, no matter if my parents wild out, no matter if my grades slip, no matter if... Friends come and go no matter if youth is lit Wednesday night or if it's not. No matter if Pastor Lindsay hits on target or he doesn't. No matter who comes in, who comes out. Are you, are you the bride? Are you loyal to him? Are you loyal to the one that died on the cross for you? Better yet, are you loyal to the one who is loyal to you? I don't know where we're going with this, but let's just flow more for a minute. His wedding vow to you was, I will be with you forever. Somebody say forever. How long is forever? Does anybody know? What? Are you sure? That's right, I love. Forever. Has anybody seen Sandlot? Forever. Whenever I hear or see the word forever, that's what plays in my head. Can I tell you something even deeper? In Genesis chapter 1 where it says, let, when God said, let there be light. It's written in the Hebrew. And the word of God is defined as a never-ending 
word. Oh God, help me get this out. What I mean by that is there's no period. See, a period ends the sentence. See, you and I, I can say, I can talk, and eventually it's going to end. This, this is going to end, we're going to go home. But when God speaks, those words don't end. So when he said, let there be light, literally the book of Hebrews describes his words as upholding everything on the earth. So therefore, it wasn't just let there be light, it was let there be light, light, light. Now watch this. When he said it was finished, there was no period on that. Those words kept echoing throughout eternity, throughout the universe. Oh, it gets better. When he said, I love you, there was no period on that. Those words are still echoing today. No matter what you do, those words will continue to echo. When he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Those, that sentence, it keeps echoing. Why? Because he means it. He, he meant it so much that he shed every ounce of blood out of his son's body. And, what, and what's, so much, what's so much better, sets us apart than anybody else. We serve a God that didn't just lay in the grave, but he rose above it. And when he rose above it, everything that, that weighs you down, every sin, every ounce of doubt, every ounce of discouragement, every ounce of anxiety, if you truly allow it, the Bible says that he's nailed it to a cross. And what was on the cross never came off. When it went to the grave, the only thing that came out of the grave was Jesus. Everything else stayed there. That's the benefit of being the bride. That's the benefit of his wedding vow. When he said, I will be your God, he meant it. When he said, I will be with you forever, he meant it. I'm pretty sure you can think right now one friend in your life that is no longer your friend. One person in your life that is no longer there. Well, guess what? When it comes with God, you won't have those thoughts. You won't experience that. Because David says in the book of Psalms, he says, Lord, I can't escape you. I'm just paraphrasing. He said, I can go to the highest mountain and you're still going to be there. I can make my bed in the, in the, in the middle of hell, in the middle of the struggle, in the middle of everybody turning their back against me, in the middle of people talking about me, in the middle of people wilding out, in the middle of chaos at school, in the middle of up and down grades, still you're there. That's the kind of God we have. We have the opportunity to be one with. To be one with. To be one with. Lindsay, why are you saying that so many times? Because literally when God says that he's one with you, that means there's nothing in the middle of you. See, between me and Jenna, there's space and opportunity. I remember growing up whenever we get in a fight, like, you ready to go? Man, there ain't nothing but space and opportunity. Let's go. Sorry, it's none of y'all said that. Okay, cool. Let's be honest, I only got into like three. I wasn't like no Jew. I wish I could be like, yeah, it's tough now. So, but I want to. Two out of three sounds good. <laughs> but when it comes to God, there's no space and opportunity between you and Him. Because He took care of that. And what we celebrate this Friday is not a funeral. It's, it's, it's a wedding. That's why we call it Good Friday. Because He made the good vows. The kind of vows that He backed up by putting His Son to the cross. And question is, is your life a representation that you are the bride of Christ? Does your life look like, you know what, I am one with God. 
Does your conversation sound like, you know what, I am one with God? Does your thoughts sound like, or look like, or think like, I am one with God? Or do they show that there's space between you and Him? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thank you so much.